Testing sound for Louisa Bianchi podcast, How to Survive Parenting 101. <laughs> it built a resilience muscle hmm, in my mind, in my brain. You know, it certainly helped me. It didn't matter where I was in whatever was happening in my life. I always went forward. I didn't go back. There was always that direction of going forward. And whilst that step was... Not as big as the last one, it was still a step forward. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Bunyan founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode, I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life, and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger, and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals of the RMA podcast, I interview my best friend and RMA admin, Louisa Bianchi. I've wanted to interview Louisa about her story because Louisa was an integral part to the beginnings of RMA. As you were here in this conversation, her support made the world of difference for me and still does to where RMA has evolved to today. The second reason is that I wanted Louisa's insight into raising children as a single parent, what that journey and experience was like for her and how she found the resilience and strength to keep going, prioritise herself and her goals to be a better mother and achieve amazing things. I'm sure many of you going through this journey to single parenthood can relate to Louisa's story, and this conversation will hopefully leave you inspired to move forward on your own journey to develop resilience and strength at this time and to work towards great things to come your way. I hope you enjoy. Hi Louisa, welcome to the RMA podcast. Thanks Nicole, thanks for the invitation. Of course I was going to have you on the podcast Louisa, our story is vital um, and for people to hear. I think it um, goes back to the very beginning when RMA was first created and I really think that it would never have become what it has have I not had your support and input. So Thank you, thanks. I really wanted to have you on the podcast to discuss the beginnings of RMA and also our friendship and what support meant to you. Um, I found it uh, really important to have you on because at the very beginning when RMA um, was, was started, I needed, uh, I guess, the validation that it was something that I should go ahead with. And in my mind, I've always had these thoughts where if I was going to do something, I you know, didn't believe in myself, I guess, and to have that support behind me meant a lot. So I really don't know that many people would know the story behind RMA and the impact that you had in that journey. So I think, yeah, I'm really excited to share that part. Great. Everyone. Great. So I, before we get into that, I just wanted to talk um, to you a little bit about your background. So where you live, um, where you grew up, 
And also because our podcast is about running and motherhood, um, I'd like you to talk about that too. So where where were you born? Where did you live? And was your childhood particularly, did you do much activity? Were you active as a child? Uh, I was fairly active as a kid. I didn't come from an overly active family. Um, but I was fairly active cross-country. Um, uh, softball was really into softball in that season through school. And Newcomb Ball, I don't know that that's played very much anymore, but... I really enjoyed those as a sport, but just mostly through school. There's never really a lot of extra curricular activity, not like our kids get to enjoy today. Mm. Um, so just really centred around that. Um, lived with mum. Mum mm-hmm. and dad were divorced when I was quite young. And um, dad was around most of the time, but you know, not nearly as influential as what mum was, obviously, in our life. But, in our lives and uh, older brother younger brother mm-hmm. so piggy in the middle I was mm-hmm. um, and yeah that's that's pretty much it mm. so as you grew up and got a bit older and I guess became a young adult did activity play a large role in your life uh, again just always fairly active gym memberships were always part of um, what I did but mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, jazzercise was a thing at the time, oh, yeah. heavily into that, <laughs> which was good. Um, and just, yeah, aerobics and step. But, you know, just as I got older and family and kids, you know, like most mums, everything that you do gets put on the back burner and it all becomes about what um, your kids and your family needs are. Mm. So my fitness, I guess, um, took a back seat. Mm. To all of that. And would you say that your fitness uh, aspirations to be fit and active were probably more centred around, was it something that you wanted to do for yourself, for your mental health and things, or was it more like, oh, to lose the baby weight or to get out? Like, why would you have gone to the gym? Was it for your own sanity or was it more for those aesthetics, I guess? Very much aesthetics when, you know, I was younger, um, but was never a runner. I always would look at runners and think, wow, you know, I'd love to do that. And I guess, you know, there came a point in my life that the only way I was ever going to be a runner was to start running. So, <laughs> um, you know, that, that took a while to come and it was in my late 30s when um, I decided that I'd like to run the city to surf before I was 40. So mm. as, you know, 37, 38 approached dabbled a little bit in running here and there but nothing that uh, could see me ever execute 15 kilometers that mm-hmm. seemed like an enormous amount of um, hard work mm. and you know the infamous heartbreak hill and all those sorts of things mm. um, so yeah really worked towards that for the year I turned 40 actually I was 39 still hadn't run it was turning 40 that year and thought well you know this is it, right? Mm-hmm. And unless I made an actual commitment, I think I, my first run, um, running from home uh, down to Cronulla, I realised pretty quickly that three kilometres was a lot of hard work and if I was <laughs> going to run 15 successfully, it was going to require a little more dedication than just once or twice a week. Mm. So that's what I did. I started running pretty much every second day mm-hmm. um, and was able to run the city to surf that year. And that was awesome. 2012. Awesome. 
And did you have like much support at that time from people that ran with you or not really? No, it was all um, solo running um, and, you know, I think it was just music at the time, Mm. really headphones and music, which I was never really a big fan of. Mm. And still now I don't run um, with music often. I do sometimes, but not often. Um, and so yeah, it was generally just by myself. Mm. Um, there wasn't really a lot of support from home either. Mm. So those runs were generally quite late at night or early in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when you finished that city to surf and you got to the finish line, did you feel a sense of achievement for yourself, but did you feel a little bit like it was a little bit of a lonely experience because you were on your uh, own? Definitely lonely because you, you would see lots of other corporate groups um, running together, lots of different teams running together. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly kind of solitude person anyway. I didn't need, you know, a group of people around me. Or I guess more to the point, I didn't know what a group of people around me could actually uh, encourage me to do was, mm. is probably more accurate. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, so just post that city to surf, I, I thought, wow, you know, I could really enjoy this. I like this feeling. Mm. And, uh, and there I think something sparked inside of me, not just physically, yeah, I mean, you know, running has its benefits in terms of weight loss and it certainly achieved, um, certainly achieved that. But what what it also built was a a level of mental toughness that yeah. I didn't know I would need at that time, but I needed. Yeah. Oh, my certainly. And I think, you know, it's only when we look back to certain situations that we've been in that we discover that, you know, those were crucial moments in our life that were really needed for something to come. And um I think we'll get into that right oh, now yeah, sure. <laughs> um, because it was around that time or just, just after that time, we had been friends, um, well, not really friends even, just acquaintances um, at school. So our daughters were in the same year at school and we'd see each other at the gate when we'd pick up, a drop-off pickup, but we never really chatted much. We didn't really do no, much, but no. we followed each other on Facebook and yeah. as you do, and then one day I got this... A message from you asking about running because you could see that I was running too and and decided that you know you might like to connect so could you maybe tell people about that sure well I had a little bit more time on my hands which we'll get into a little bit later yeah. as to why I had more time on my hands but after running the the southern city to surf I realized that you know something that I enjoyed had more time, started running more often, mm. uh, met some other people in travels who encouraged mm. me to run as well. And whilst I was in Brisbane, I would often run along the Brisbane River, which was great with mm. someone that I connected with up there, which was an interesting experience. What I did see on Facebook was that Nicole was training for her first marathon, which was, to me, that was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, oh my gosh, 42 kilometres, this is just unbelievable. So just even reflecting on that now, I remember Nicole's first running injury, having shin splints and water running oh, and, I and all that. that um, that went with, um, went, went, went with the territory of marathon training and that longer distance. And at that time, I was training for my first half marathon. Um, someone had encouraged me 
you know, that certainly if I could run 15 kilometres, that doing a half marathon was something I could do. So I pushed myself again alone, largely alone, um, and booked myself a flight to Adelaide, connected with an old friend down there and ran the Adelaide half marathon which I ran in one hour and 57 minutes, and I actually had no idea That's what... pretty much the same time as my first. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea awesome. what timing was, was yeah. how important it was and all these sorts of things. I think I, I had a Garmin, but I didn't really understand uh, a lot of the that timing achievement. Mm. And it's not till now that I've never run an under two half again, and... So I think to run that in your first half is, you know, quite amazing. And, you know, I was 40 years old. And, yeah. And it really just proved to me that if you set your mind to something, um, there's not really an age limit. Mm. And, yeah, it was an interesting experience. But connecting with you through that experience was 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 quite interesting, which probably leads us to our next <laughs> adventure. Yes. So our first our first together adventure. Yes. So. so I'll just fill people in. So at the time when um you had reached out to me and we were running together and actually what you probably probably don't realise is at the time I really needed that connection mm. just as much as you did. Because I was starting on a different journey. I'd been, you know, a stay-at-home mum for a really long time. I'd studied and I'd just started working as as back into the workforce as well. And then I'd started RMA off the back of this marathon, um, which I actually didn't expect to explode to what it did. And even initially, just the uptake of women that were really interested in being part of that community. And I think I discovered that it was really special to have people in your corner, mm. especially when you're striving towards those goals. And I just fell in love with running. and I, But more importantly, I fell in love with that connection with other people that love to go towards goals as much as I did. Um, so I, I remember many fond times where, that we would go out and do some training runs together. But I also remember there was a lot of difficult times because around that time was when you had a marriage breakdown. Now we're both going to start crying. <laughs> but that was a really, really, really important time for you because had you gone through that marriage breakdown without that support, yeah, for sure. I think your experience would have been a lot different. Would have been tougher. That's most sure. certainly sure, for sure. And I just, I remember supporting you through that and feeling quite privileged that I was a new friend to you, yet you entrusted me with so much. Um, and the connection that we had was so special and we knew pretty much straight away that we would be best friends, lifelong yeah. friends. And not only did we have that connection through running, we just had that emotional connection. And I, I just feel it was really, like I think it's important to say that if there's someone else that's listening that's going through this situation, a breakdown of a marriage or a relationship, um, that it's really important to open up and let your friends in to help you along the journey. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that mm. and what that meant. But as we were starting along that journey and, and our journey together um, in this running space, Louisa said to me, oh, I have this um, run I want to do down in Melbourne, the Women's Suzanne fun run it's a half marathon because Louisa was even more than me like she was gung-ho she was like give me any race 
I'll do it. And it, a lot of the time, I think it was because it was mentally helping you get through this time. She just need, she was focused. She was fit. She was just strong. And Plus, I was focused on also filling in my spare time. Yes. idle time I knew wasn't good for me. Yes. So it was about filling the space. Yes, because you had changed jobs at this time. Did you change jobs uh, at this no, time or yet. was about not, to? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. But my certainly my family life had changed dramatically. Yeah. So. And, and and it's important to note that the kids were quite young back then. Yeah. Um, but you still, you know, wanted to feel that time, wanted to work on yourself, which I found really inspiring. So I was along for the journey. Anywhere you wanted to go, I was going to go with you. And I was really excited to see what you could achieve. Thank you. Given yeah. what you were dealing with mm. at the same time. And I remember many training runs. I remember one particular day I was running along. She, on the coast she'd lost me i was gone i was talking away and next minute i turn and louise is not there i'm like where's she gone and i turn around and she's a few hundred meters back sobbing just sobbing and i thought i thought i was such a bad friend at that moment but i realized the impact that this situation was having on you and that you know you needed that support more than anything Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, we'll just go on to what we we're going to talk about in terms of this next event. So we went down and Louisa said she had these tickets to the Suzanne Half Marathon and I, would I go with her? And I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I haven't travelled really to an event before, so I'm, re- I'm willing to give it a crack. <laughs> anyway, so I didn't know Louisa particularly well. We hadn't stayed together anywhere before and we rocked up to the hotel and the lady <laughs> says, oh, your hotel only has a queen bed. And Louisa was like, oh, I'm all right. Okay <laughs> with you. I was okay with it. <laughs> so that was our first night sleeping in the same bed the together. Yeah. <laughs> um, mind you, Louisa sleeps in her undies in a singlet. So I was sort of like, whoa, this is like a little bit too soon. Sorry, I don't own the job. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that experience and it was very memorable because not only were we sleeping in the same bed, we didn't really know each other very well. We walked for kilometres and kilometres the day before trying yeah. to find some people that we'd yeah. met online in running circles. We finally found them and I reckon we'd done like a half marathon mm-hmm. before the day. Mm-hmm. And then on the day, I got to the race start. I had, I'd forgotten my watch and left it in the hotel. Yeah. I noticed on the warm-up. had no watch, so that was obviously a disaster yeah. in my Rookie eyes. <laughs> and the wind was oh. atrocious to the oh, point God. where I vowed I would never run that event again because mm-hmm. the wind was so bad. So but if anyone has run along St Kilda Beach Road, <laughs> they would know that at particular times in the year, around so December, bad. it is windy and hot. It was so... It was just up there with one of the hardest awful. races I've ever run. But, but when we finished and we got to the end, all those sort of little things were forgotten. Mm. And... We remember that that was a really kind of cementing experience for us as friends and that, you know, that's one of now one of my fondest memories, although it was atrocious Mm. (laughs) at times. um, It's one of my fondest memories because that's when we actually kind of let our guard down, trusted that we had this together as friends, like just entrusted you, I guess. I entrusted you with, you know, going down, they're not really knowing you, but we had such a great time and a great connection. And that's what I love about RMA. Some people meet up in all sorts of locations. They've never actually really met properly before, but they become really lifelong friends. And I think that this is what the connection has done for us. Not only that, we achieved something that day together 
um, and we didn't do it on our own. So no. that was even more special. So, yeah, I really remember that race. It was quite hilarious at times. I remember posting my flat lay um, of what I was going to wear during the run and this is all pre-RMA T-shirts, logo, so very, very new. Um, just posting my shorts and um, another another mum in RMA yelled out at me, Louisa, Louisa, I recognised you from your flat lay. I remember your shorts. So... <laughs> That unit, that was the connection. Yeah. That was the impact that this one group, this community, could have on this bigger scale. That we knew mm. each other when we didn't really know each other. Yeah. Um, and it would have been so special. small too. It probably would have been a few hundred yeah, people back then. Yeah, would have been a few then. hundred then. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty early. Yeah. Pretty early. So let's talk about what happened after that. So after that, we we kind of kept running together, training together. And then one day I was at home and you said, I have something to show you. I'm going to come over. So it would have been a few months after that. I'm not really sure on the timeline. Um, but this is where I realized how important and how special you were to me as a friend. And you came over and you walked in the front door and you said, I have something to show you. And you showed me a picture of a logo that said Running Mums Australia on it. And you said, I want to give this to you. I think you need a logo. Can you tell people about that experience and why, you know, what made you do that behind the scenes? Um, obviously, I'm the kind of person that always kind of t takes my time with things and I'm a little bit hesitant because, once again, sometimes I don't believe in my own power and back myself. But obviously you saw something in what had been created and you wanted to help me on that journey. So could you talk to people maybe about why you did that? I love a good logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a good logo is really powerful because it creates a feeling mm. and it creates a memory and can transport you to a place. So um, I remember sitting with uh, um, one of my girlfriend's young son, Daniel, at the time. So one laptop one pair of runners um, and uh, just putting together lots of different ideas. And in my mind, I had a vision of a logo that could be seen from a long distance so that we could cheer each other on, so that we knew that that person running towards us, whether we knew them or not personally, mm. we knew they were part of our community. Mm. And, um, and whilst running mums is great... Um, and Running Mums didn't always start as Running Mums. It was no. Aussie Running Mums Aussie at running first. Mums. If yeah. people don't know that little yeah. bit of history for you. And that didn't roll kind of enough. No. It wasn't. It just didn't really fit. So it sort of translated over time. Running Mums Australia. Great link. Um, to me, what stuck out was the R, the M and the A. And that mm. if we could drop that wordiness. Yeah. And use those three letters somehow. And make them really big and really powerful. You know, when someone's running a marathon, we can see them, mm. you know, hundreds and hundreds of metres away and know that they're going to need our cheer. Mm. So, mm. and it was just like that. It was, you know, Daniel manipulating letters and I'm like, turn that around, flip that around. Then we had to choose some colours and I was wearing a bright pair of Newtons at the time. Uh, and they were the three colours yeah, that we chose. It was yeah. just literally like that. And I think that most... The creating brands and creating things like that do come from this place, and it's not 
it's like they're almost gifted. They're mm. not even your creation. It was mm. just something that came down and said, Nicole needs this. Mm. And I remember printing it off and it just worked. And uh, it was hours and hours of work mm. um, involved and lots of different, you know, iterations, I guess. And then took it over and just said, this is my gift to you. People are, people are going to want to know about this. So... And I can never thank you enough yeah, because great. I would never have come up with that logo. Yeah, now I'm brilliant. tearing up. Yeah. And I have had hundreds of emails of, from people that aren't even in the community mm. that say, I've seen your logo at all these events or I see your logo. I have people who in my own family are in another state and they're like, we were sitting having coffee and your logo ran past. Yeah. Like it's just so recognizable um, and the reason I love it so much is because it is so recognisable, it mm. reaches so many people. Yeah. And it says exactly what it is. Yeah. You can't get it wrong. You no. can't kind of go, oh, what's all that about? You know it's about mums that run. That's yeah. just it. Yeah. So it was so incredible. I just, I was blown away. It just all came together that day. It really did. So then from there, you know, I changed the name of the Facebook group to Running Mums Australia. Mm. Um, and yeah, and it brand was born, I guess, and that you know, went along with the mission and it's always remained the same. Any iterations of the logo now stay exactly the same. They're just changing colour or whatever, but it stays the same because it's so recognisable. Yeah, it's so. great. You're the best. <laughs> so I just want to now touch on your experience entering the realm of single parenthood. Yeah. I want to sure. know what that experience was like for you because from an outsider, I've never had to be in this space um and deal with that and but only from you know watching you go through that which was a really difficult time but I've been able to see the I guess how it's evolved in your life so you've gone through it's like a roller coaster you've gone oh, through the sure. ups and then the full-on crash down mm. to the bottoms then back to the ups yeah and I've been privileged to be part of the journey with you but I'm I will really say that from an out, like sitting on the outside and watching you, Louisa, you're like one of the most inspiring people to me because you really are. Because I find you have such strength. I'm sure there's times when you are rock bottom, um, rocking in a corner, but there is such strength in you. What was it about going through that experience, having young kids, yet still not once had you stopped working on yourself? So Obviously, things swap and change and there's times when, you know, you weren't wanting to train for marathons and things mm. like that. And even now that's changed a little bit. But what is it that keeps you wanting to work on yourself? And as you've gone through, maybe sort of tell people what it was like at the beginning to what it's like now in terms of that, in terms of keeping true to yourself, your own goals and visions, but also having in the back of your mind your children and what your relationship with them means and what I guess I guess how to keep going I guess what were the most important things for you yeah well it's certainly a journey and it's you know it's um it's tiring when you think Mm. back on it it's really quite exhausting yeah um because your whole world change every everything changes your financial situation um, you where you live, um, the time you have with your kids because you're now all of a sudden sharing, yeah, sharing your kids with your with your ex partner and you know that doesn't excite anyone I don't think. Mm. 
having said that, I made a conscious decision that sitting at home in my bed, you know, rocking in a corner, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> was sure it had its place, yeah. but I didn't unpack and live there Yeah, in a sense because I was still relatively young, um, you know, 40, and I, I was responsible for the things I didn't do in my life. And mm. so it took me a long time to really understand that. So if I, there were things that I wanted to do, it was up to me to make to make it happen, to find a way and to, you know, make a plan. Mm. And I started to think about all the things that I hadn't done mm. in my life that I thought I should have or could have or opportunities perhaps that I'd missed, you know, because you're so busy making sure that everybody else in your life is comfortable, your kids have everything they need, their partner has everything. You know, my partner at the time, I said my uh, my ex-husband had two um, children, so there were stepkids involved. So there's a lot of busyness around making sure that everybody else was comfortable mm. and had everything they needed. And really, like most mums, I came last. And really, at the end of the day, there wasn't a lot mm. when you come last. Yep. So, yeah. But that changed. And so every second weekend, no kids and some school holidays... I use that as opportunity to to fulfill some mm. of the the dreams that perhaps I'd shelved. Yeah. And I'd always wanted to be a runner and I think I'd started that little bit in doing City to Surf and and the half marathon and, and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna continue to build on this. It fills me up. Yeah. And it gives me focus and you know, going through divorce settlements and changing homes and then I had job upheaval and all those sorts of things, there's not really a lot you can control there. But what I could control was getting up in the morning mm. and running and working towards that plan and towards whatever that next running goal was. That was completely owned by me mm. and I had absolute control over that, unless I had an injury, of course. Yeah. And what did but that I do for control. you? Like when you got up and did that consistently day yeah. after day or week after week, what did that do for you during that time it it built it built a resilience muscle mm. in my mind in my brain you know it certainly helped me it didn't matter where I was in whatever was happening in my life I always went forward yeah I didn't go back there was always that direction of going forward and whilst that step was not as big as the last one, it was still a step forward. Mm. And, you know, I, I used all of that knowledge, I guess, to you know, engage with people that I wouldn't have engaged with. I, the reality is I wouldn't have had a friendship mm. like yours. I wouldn't have engaged with you if all of these things hadn't happened in my life. Yeah. So there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, mm, I love that. And people and just, you know, other people that I've met in my life that I just wouldn't have done if I was a, if I was a wife. Yeah. And had those, you know, family commitments like I did. So I definitely um, you know, took that on. Mm. Um, and what did your kids do you think your kids saw during that time a little bit of a change in you because you were working on yourself and towards your own goals and you weren't letting yourself go, I guess, and just like you say rocking in a corner you weren't yeah. just staying in bed do you, do you think the kids 
you know, when you look back now, or have they ever said to you, like, mum, like, how how strong you were during that time? Um, not, they haven't really said anything, but, you know, that was also one of the reasons why I did what I did um, around, you know, dusting yourself on yeah. and keep going because your kids need to see that. Yes. Um, because... They take your energy and, and I noticed in myself that if I was having a particularly bad day, so did the kids. Mm. And I don't want them to have all those bad days because it's a it's a reflection of how my day is going. But I quickly realised that, you know, getting up and being active and physical and, you know, getting that running job done, I was just more positive during the day. The mm. kids were more positive. Um, you know, we had a, had a real focus on um, healthy food yeah. um, for the kids because, you know, I, I needed that for fuel as well. But, um, you know, it was just mm. uh, life had changed a lot and it become really like us three little birds. Mm. And through that journey, like, what did that teach you? Obviously, you've had a career, well, not full career change, but you've changed jobs and roles throughout mm. this time. I've watched you change um what did that time and that experience and also um, working on yourself, completing amazing things, half marathons, marathons, things like that, what did that do for you now when you look back to your journey and the timeline of where you are now as a person? What kind of things did you learn about yourself along that way? I found that um, being... Resilient was really important. Yeah. Um, but that you actually can. Yeah. You know, it's like you really can convince yourself that you're not worthy of whatever it is in your life that you're working towards. And and I realised that if I put the work in, like it's almost like the harder you work, the luckier you get kind mm. of thing. And I know that sounds really cliche, but um, it was. I put in the work, mm. not just... Um, you know, through running, I'd put in the work through doing bits and pieces of educating myself so that mm. I could, you know, I'm, I'm aware that my kids are financially dependent on me and that's, that's you know, I have to provide for my family. It's mm. it's pretty daunting knowing that it's all on you. Absolutely. Um, you know, and having a mortgage and all those sorts of things, it's, it's pretty scary mm. um, really because if something happens to me, who pays that mortgage? Well, nobody does. Yeah, know, I do. So, you know, that was a whole having to transform the way you think and you had to take risks, you know. Um, changing job was a big risk and mm. I had, but I had to do that for my own piece of um, satisfaction as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, work towards that and it goes, you know, it goes well and the kids trans, you know, transformed as well you know they've sort mm. of come with me on that journey yeah. um to being great little people i don't know what they think about it i think you know it's great because mum's healthy it's great because mum's active um it's great because mum does things with us and mm. you know i know some of my kids friends often say you know mum's really active with you and and i really enjoy that component um, i think that's really important like i see what your kids um you know do with you and I think you really involve them 
you make sure that they know you're there. You're there constant. Do you know what I mean? Sure. That's the most important yeah. thing in their life. Yeah. That was a big driver in, you know, they are they are my number one priority, mm. you know. Um, but what I have done is, you know, being a single parent, I realised too that I had to put me first because mm. if I wasn't whole and I wasn't functioning, then my kids didn't either. Mm. So that order needed to change somewhat that I had to come first because... I needed to be com- complete and whole for them to be able to be that way mm. too. It was a big shift to me because I never had never done that in my married life. Mm. I was right at the bottom. And there's a lesson in that for all of us sure. really, isn't there? Like as mums we often put, I know myself, put everybody else before myself and I think if we just stopped and looked at what it is that we want in our own lives and work on ourselves, we'll be much better mums, happier wives or partners or whatever and and. I don't know, just be able to function so much better because we've actually worked on ourselves first. I think um, I've learned a lot about that in my own journey Mm -hmm. that it doesn't, just because I'm a mom doesn't mean I have to give up myself as well. Um, Yeah, and I've really watched how you've blossomed doing that and... I don't think anybody's missed out. You know what I mean? No, I think definitely. I've everybody's got what they needed. So I really wanted to discuss with you about what, when was it that you thought on this journey? So I watched you do you know, half marathons and all these crazy races you'd take me on. I, I fondly remember um, a funny time when we went down to um, Canberra and we oh, ran the half marathon God. down there. Had a little bit of a blowout the night before. <laughs> I must have eaten something I've had not some very tummy good. Tummy issues the night before. Yeah, so we've had funny times, like hilarious times running together. And then one day you said to me, "I, I think I'm going to be 42 soon. I, mm. I think I want to run a marathon." Mm. What made you want to do that? I was asked um, what my greatest personal achievement was Mm -hmm. apart from my kids and I didn't have one Mm. and I thought well I need to fix that why not just run a marathon so (laughs) yeah 42 at 42 was was the aim was the goal so I did so I did so tell everybody where that was and what that involved training and then we'll go into what it was like on race day for you. But what, what did that involve training-wise for you, especially um, being a single parent? How did you tell, – tell people who might be in this situation themselves who might be – who are interested in training for a marathon or any event um, that are, there are a single parent, how did you make that work? When did you train? What kind of things did you put in place so that you were able to achieve that goal? The first thing I did was engage a coach. Mm-hmm. And so it's Kate. Yeah, um, anyone can find Kaywood. Yeah, Kaywood on RMA, um, and I had a session with Kate, and we talked through um, what my goals were, what I currently do, what I'm currently capable of, and Kate prepared a plan for me, and I started to work towards that plan. Now I wasn't great all the time, <laughs> but I was pretty consistent and. With kids, it didn't always work out and, you know, netball and different things were going on that were early sessions. But I split up sessions sometimes, um, but I never missed a long run. Mm. And they were bloody hard long runs, you know. I have no idea how I got through some of them. In fact, I don't – I think 
you copped a few phone calls through <laughs> some of them, which wouldn't have been pretty, and that often at the end of a day, a long day. But it just, again, built this this resilience. Um, you know, mum helped me a lot. She'd come and look after the kids on the alternate weekends mm. um, and run a bath for me. So as soon as I got <laughs> in the door, she'd give me food and to jump in the bath. <laughs> and those and, two important things. <laughs> you know, and the kids were always really looked after by my mum. She mm. was always really supportive. And I guess that's because she knew mm. what it felt like, you exactly. know, to, to yeah. a single parent. And mm. it's a tough gig. Mm. Yeah. It's a tough gig. So I just, that, that road to 40 at 42 was just prioritising myself, um, getting the job done, um, getting up early, not thinking about it too much, having clothes ready the night before, being prepared was really important. Mm. Um, I'm a prepared kind of person anyway, but yeah. clothes out just meant you didn't have to think about what you were doing. You get up and... And you get out there and do it. And I'd engage people. I I ran with, um, obviously, you and with Nicole. Um, ran with Kath O'Connor. We just connected over, um, again, RMA. And yeah. she met me out the front of my house. And yeah. we ran some ridiculous distance together. And, you know, people I didn't even know. Yet mm. they were, they hadn't, they, they were on my, in my corner. Mm. And I just, that just, you know, it was just amazing, really. Yeah. And then we, it was Adelaide, um, you know, I obviously have a particular, the feels for Adelaide for whatever reason and probably because it's not, it wasn't a big event at the time and um, it's a lot bigger now, yeah, but yeah. Uh, at, the, course, at the time was a two lap course and um, Nicole ran, ran with me, Kath White came down, it was like a little mini party <laughs> um, and yeah, just sort of all came together and I had a goal time of four hours 30 yeah and I finished in four hours 31 and 26 minutes does the one minute and 26 seconds bother me not really no because when you look back to that time yeah. do you remember the time on the clock no what do you remember most the experience yeah the experience and you know I look at the photographs sometimes and I just see that that resilience mm. and I draw on that even today because over time I think resilience is one of those muscles that you need to keep working mm. if you don't work it um, you, you do lose it um, it's it's um, it's confidence like confidence is another one of those muscles I feel like you need to keep working yeah um, so that brain training is, is is equally as important to that muscle training mm. Um, and I draw on that experience to say, you know, of course I can do that. I ran a bloody marathon. Of course I can do that. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I draw on it a lot. So when you finished your marathon, what did that mean to you? Did you then go like a lot of people, oh, well, now I need to do the next big thing? Or was yeah. it like, no, I'm done? Or sure. what was the next step like for you? It's not the same for everyone. Was this like, okay, I've, I've achieved this goal and now I'm ready to relax? Or was it like, I'm going to use mm. what I learned during this journey to help me through the next thing? Um, it was very much, um, I'm trained now. What am I going <laughs> to do next? Like, I don't want to lose this mm. training, you know. And I mentioned to Kate, I think I'm going to run Sydney. And it was about six weeks later or four <laughs> weeks later. And, and, you know, she thought I was a little bit crazy. And, and I probably was. Mm. You know, I'm sure I went through a 
the part of my life through through a marriage breakdown where people started to question <laughs> this person's become this crazy runner a bit crazy um, <laughs> yeah. and I did so I ran Sydney and Sydney was amazing because my kids got to see me finish mm. and that's that's on a whole nother level when your kids get to see that and they saw the resilience I think yeah um and but what they also saw was everybody else running and the pain and the hurt and you think you know when you see people finish a marathon like it's not pretty there's a lot of of carnage (laughs) and um and you have to sort of wonder why people do that and it's got nothing to do with the physical, you know, might have something to do with the medal at the end, but yeah. ultimately it's got yeah. to do with that feeling. Yes. That feeling where, and what I really enjoy about running is that no one can do it for you. Mm. No one owns that other than you. It's very mm. much a solo effort because mm. what you what you put in is what you get out. And it's that personal experience. It's only you running towards that finish line that knows what mm. that means to you, mm. what you've sacrificed, what you've gone through, the resilience mm. that you've learned, all those things that have come to fruition as part of that journey. Only you know those mm. things. They're personal to you. Yes, you've shared, you know, many people share their experience with others, but you only, you're the only person that really knows what that feels yeah. like. So that accomplishment is something so deeply personal. But seeing your kids mm, at yeah. the finish line, what yeah. did that do for your spirit? I, I came running around the corner just as you enter along the foreshore for uh, up to the opera house and um, and just going around the corner and seeing my kids. I actually recorded it at the time oh, and great. put it on RMA at the time and... You could hear the change in my breathing like mm. this. I remember. Where I saw the kids, yeah. yeah. My breathing changed. Everything changed. Yeah. And that's that's the feeling, yeah. you know. You, you, you can't buy that. Mm. Um, you can't – someone can't give it to you. Mm. It's just all about that experience for you and it's a personal one. Mm. And I'm sure at the time you were thinking about – everything you'd endured yeah. to that moment yeah. and how you'd done it. Yeah, you'd, you'd, I did. You'd stayed the path and you'd got the yeah. goal. What I also enjoy was that no one can take that away from you. Mm. It's yours. That's right. Yeah, it's yours and you own that for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So we've discussed about your journey and, you know, us meeting and the races and, you know, getting through this hard time in your life becoming a single parent, is there any particular people that you've met along this journey through this community in RMA that have made a big impact on your life? I've met so many people. There's been so many running events um, that I've been to where people know you or you know them but you've never met them. Mm. But you know so much about them. And you recognise them, you know, we've been to the War Memorial and run into people. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had to play security guard at airport because people have run up and go, oh, you're Nicole Bunyan, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I've had to be oh, a security gosh. guard. My bodyguard. Um, <laughs> so many, uh, so many things like that. I've, you know, uh, Emma that I run with um, regularly local here, met her through RMA or introduced her to RMA. 
and uh, Megan as well that I run with mm. locally. She was looking for, she reached out to Nicole and said, I'm looking for someone to run with in the Shire and said, hey, connect with Louisa and the rest is history. And, you know, Megan had only ever run up to, I think, maybe eight kilometres, yet mm. wanted to do a half and, and we got her to doing a half. And that, you know, I really love that. Like, I'm not a coach or anything like yeah. that, but, you know, I can drag people along um, and, and help them build that resilience. And mm. you can tell when people are getting tired um, and it hurts. And even my stepdaughter, actually, Stephanie, yeah. um, I ran half with her on the Gold Coast. Um, that was something that she wanted to do when she was 16 at the yeah. time. And I'm sure um, she looked at you and... Had you not been on this journey, yeah, she probably sure. would never no, have even thought de- of doing definitely that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. I don't think she would have either. And and she's a very fit and active girl today, mm. you know, all mm. these years later as well, which is great. Mm. So I wanted to ask before we sort of wrap up, and we're going to go through our like RMA hot lap soon, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask you, in light of what the journey that you've been on, if there was one thing that you'd like your children to see or say about you, what would that be? I'd like for my kids to say that mum's stable. Yeah. You know, mm. um, because yeah, I think there's certain events in your life that can create a real lot of family upheaval and a lot of um, bitterness too, I mm. think. And a lot of being angry. And I, I didn't want to be any of those things. I don't want to own any of those. Mm. Um, and I don't, you know, whilst I was a contributor to my marriage, you know, and the breakdown, the responsibility of how it happened belongs to someone else, not me. Mm. And giving back that ownership to somebody else was quite, um, you know, it's, it's metaphorical, obviously, but it was just a weight that had gone. But mostly I just want to say to my kids you know life's hard yeah. and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and you've got to keep going forward mm. you know that's why we run so we just keep going that's forward right. that's right yeah. I think that's we don't really run backwards that's we run right forward. momentum yeah keep momentum and that's something you've said to me before just keep the momentum yeah I think that's really important doesn't matter how many steps you take as long as they're in the right direction mm, I love that So I wanted to ask you as well, um, given you've been on this journey going into being a single parent and raising children on your own, um, and this doesn't have to just apply to running, this can apply to any mum that's going through this journey, what would it be that you would tell other women out there that are going through this journey? What would you say to them? What advice would you give them to help them through this time? Um, There's no question it's a shitty situation. Mm. And... You wouldn't, you wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, but turn the coin over and look at it as opportunity. You know, opportunity to do things that you wouldn't have done if you're a wife. Mm. You know, um, and putting yourself first, letting your hair down. Go on that date. Mm. Go on a dating app. Like, it's ridiculously funny. Which one? Uh, oh, <laughs> Which I'm, one? I, I'm not specific. Okay. And I'm not on one any. I'm not on them anymore. So for any I man listening. I feel like I've done that. <laughs> okay. But, um, but yeah. you know, like I've had some great times, you know, mm. some really, really fun times and connected with some really great people. And it was never going to be long term or anything like that. But, you know, I had a real lot of fun. Mm. And I wouldn't have had that if I 
was a wife. Yeah. Let's face it, right? No. Um, so, you know, I just say, you know, it's opportunity. When you're broken into a thousand pieces, you know what? You get to put yourself back the way you want to look. Mm. So take it as that. But acknowledge that it's, it is shit. It's hard mm. and, you know... You're not alone. There's so many women are going through this and just connect. So many women in RMA that I see as well, connect with each other, draw on each other and, and you'd be surprised at the strength that you'll gain from listening to somebody else's story or connecting with somebody else. Um, mm, absolutely. So just, you know, be kind to yourself that way mm. and go for it. Mm, I love it. So we'll wrap up, but I just want to ask you uh, actually one question because what people don't know right now is that we're actually recording this podcast in your bedroom because yeah. it was a little bit echoey upstairs. So yeah. we found this was the best sound. So I thought it might actually be really good to add into the RMA podcast um, what people might have in their top drawer of their bedroom. So what have you got in your top drawer? Because I found that this, it might be a risky. bit interesting. This is very risky. <laughs> it could be in Louise's top okay. bedroom drawer. Bedside drawer. Okay. I've got a head torch. Head torch. Right. Just uh, in case. Revies. Two revies. Yeah. <laughs> Never know when you um, might need some caffeine in the middle of the thank night. Thank you, hand cream. Yep, important hand cream. Tiger balm. Tiger balm. Not not getting much sore muscles there, Louise. Carmex <laughs> lip balm. Lip balm. Um, hot hands. hands. Where are you going to put those? I don't know. <laughs> hot hands. A training plan. <laughs> A running plan. Running training plan for yeah. Megan and Emma. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Oh, spray hydration. Most hydrating. <laughs> most mis. Phone, I think. <laughs> Um, That's hilarious. Some um, non-stick um, dressings. Dressings. Not uh, sure where we're putting those. Garmin in. running watch and charger. Yep, that's important. That's important. Everything um, seems to be relating to running right now. Percutane. <laughs> now sports cream. Sports cream. I haven't used this for years. This cream's amazing. You put it on and it ends up being like fire <laughs> when you're running along. <laughs> Pain relief cream. Oh my god! So I, I'm tipping that I had a lot of nights of sore, le <laughs> sore legs and cold hands or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. It's pretty much running related stuff. That's um, hilarious. Even I even have a pair of calf socks. In there. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe if I got a bit cold in my legs. You're hilarious. Oh well, that's a great insight to what's in Louise's top drawer. So we know you're a runner. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to go through your drawer, they'd know that. All right, let's go through the RMA hot lap. So on every podcast, I'm asking five quick questions. Um, they're all the same questions, but everyone's going to have different answers. Sure, so this go just for gives it. us a bit of insight about you as a runner. So what is your favorite race fuel? Um, probably Endura is the one I keep gravitating towards. Mm, yeah, I'm an Endura fan too. What is your favorite thing to wear when running? Uh well, a watch, obviously. Okay, yeah. My running watch. But, yep. What watch do you um, have? A Garmin. Yeah. Um, but, you know, probably a pair of tights and an RMA t-shirt is pretty standard. Okay, yes. Good tick. Uh, what is it that you would not want to go without on the long run? What's essential for you? Ooh, on so the long could, run? So if you could not miss one thing on the long run, what would it be? 
Yeah, my shoes. <laughs> Important. <laughs> my shoes, my old. <laughs> it could be a problem if you weren't wearing shoes. Yep, yeah, I like that answer. Um, your favorite running moment. Oh, look. Um, choose one moment. Um, yep. Three three marathons in three cities in three months. Okay, I'll, um, give, Adelaide, I'll let Sydney, you have three Adelaide, moments. Sydney. Okay. Yeah, but it was all one event really in my mind. It was yeah. three marathons in three So what were the three? Adelaide. Adelaide, Sydney, Melbourne. Right, great. And lastly to finish, one word to describe your journey. Uh, opportunity. Mm. Opportunity. Because if I if I wasn't separated, divorced, I would never have had the opportunity to, to do all the things that I have achieved with my running career. <laughs> well, and in your life like you know it's yeah. changed it's changed your it's trajectory changed, yeah it's it changed a lot of things mm. and and there's i look back and there's you know a lot of positives in that change mm, absolutely love it well thanks for joining us louisa thank you for thank you. um you know giving us an insight me. into your life and um and how you've dealt with you know this new journey that you're on i think i might go away and clean up my um my drawer in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe change a different Change things. a few things. <laughs> Love it. All right. Thanks. I hope you really love this episode with Louisa. I hope you had some good insight into the beginnings of RMA and the story that evolved over time, the gift of friendship and the gift of women supporting and lifting each other up. I really love that Louisa was open enough to share her story with us about her resilience and strength throughout a time in her life that would have been extremely difficult. I'm passionate about helping other women have this voice and if you're one of those women that are also going through the struggle like Louisa is, becoming a single parent, I hope you've learned some things today about putting yourself first as well and not giving up on your own goals and dreams. I hope you've loved this story. Until next time, please stay safe and well.